You get to decide how you're gonna build a team, but you need to decide it through the lens of being a CEO. If you have to manage everything, you're not thinking bigger. You need to think bigger. Hi, my friend. Welcome back to the Shamelessly Ambitious Podcast. You are listening to episode 108. And I want to have a conversation with you today about team leadership. And gosh, I've learned a lot. I have learned a lot. Let me give you a little behind the scenes of where I started and where I'm at now in terms of building a team. Now, let me preface with when I started as an entrepreneur, even back, so I've been an entrepreneur for a very, very long time, but even before being a coaching, like online business mentor type thing, I had a private practice and I instantly was like, I just want a team. I want to build something out. I want to build support people. I love this. Same when I had a network marketing business, same thing. Like I've always really had a deep, deep desire to have a team that I could pour into, that I could love on, that I could like the idea of creating like employment for people. I don't know why it's so juicy to me. I love it. I never, ever intended on building a solopreneurship that stayed solopreneur. Like even now, I feel like I am just getting started in the realm of building out a team. So gosh, how did I get started? I've had a couple VAs sporadically for the full, you know, decade plus that I have been an entrepreneur. However, it wasn't until really 20, 2019 that I had more like set in stone VAs that were supporting me inside my business. And then I created an online course called the ambitiously aligned arena. And I actually hired a, like a marketing agency that helped me to create the whole course. And a lot of, we did Facebook ads, we did all sorts of stuff, but they were more of like a contracted role. And I, that was my first real dabble in like having a team behind me, helping me to support the entire creation and momentum of a, of a project. It was so cool. And it really, it, it like started the fire, if you will, of like, okay, I'm ready to have like ongoing support. So I started to, I put out something on Instagram and was hiring and I had a bunch of people reach out that had either been referred to me or one of their friends saw my stories. And so they referred them or they'd been already watching me for a while and, and would love an opportunity to work with me, which by the way, was such a cool experience. And throughout the process of interviewing people, I went from wanting a VA to deciding I actually want an OBM and a VA. And so I officially hired, which feel, it feels like my first official hire. It wasn't really, but it felt like my first official hire where I hired a OBM and a VA. And the two of them worked for me for, I would say six to eight months, if not longer until we ended up letting go of the VA and then kept the OBM. So actually the OBM, my girl, Shana has been working with me for me for ever, like almost three years, like seriously for a very long time. And I just love her to pieces. I'm so grateful for her. Funny enough, I was going to hire a VA. And then I realized like, I don't actually want to manage a team. I just want to pour into a team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, micromanage and make sure they're doing everything. I don't want to train people. Like it's just not my level of expertise. And so I started doing research on it and discovered the term OBM, which is online business manager. And was like, yeah, that that's what I need. (laughs) So I changed what I was hiring. Like in the moment, actually I interviewed Shana for a VA role and basically went back to her and said, do you actually want to be my OBM? (laughs) Here's what I want to do. And she has since grown with me for several years, taken multiple trips with me for retreats and, you know, grown in her position, grown in her capacity, grown in her expertise, grown in her pay, grown in her hours, love her to pieces. She's still with me. 
And throughout that time, we've also had a few different VAs come into the role. My photographer, who was my photographer in Colorado and had been for a very long time, actually approached me at the beginning of this year and basically was like, I want to be on your team. I don't want to just do photography or do these one-off website projects because she also designed my website, which is fabulous. And, and was like, I want to be a creative director. Content creator was what I was going to say, but that's a lie. Creative director. And I loved this idea. You know, what a great idea. So I hired her on that. I also have my best friend working as my bookkeeper. She's been my bookkeeper now for a couple of years. So she manages all the money stuff in my business. And that's because she has a, she's an accountant and has a background in that. And then she also became my retreat coordinator. So she helped me to coordinate every single one of my retreats. I've had like 10 to this point. And then she's also there. She's such a, a mama bear. Like she's so good at cooking. She's so good at just like so much. And so she came with me basically from the get-go and I just can't live without her. <laughs> I can't do retreats without her. It's also just such a joy to have my best friend there, of course. So at this point, I have a podcast manager who manages all my podcasts plus some of the assets that come out of my podcast. I have a Pinterest gal who manages all of my Pinterest and strategy and creation there. I've got my creative director who does like real creation, website management, graphic creation, those kind of things, branding stuff. I've got my OBM who is the overseer of all of the projects that I create. She helps to manage the team. She helps with all the client support and that kind of stuff and so much more, honestly. What else do I have? Is that it? <laughs> and I'm, I'm currently hiring at this very moment when I'm recording, I'm currently hiring for a new VA. And I wanted to bring this conversation here because I was actually having a client call and she was talking to me about feeling like she was working too much in her business. So as always, I'm like, let's do an audit of like where you're spending your time and, and what that looks like. And she starts listing out the things that she's doing inside of her podcast. And I'm like, hold the phone. Why are you doing all that? <laughs> you know, she was like, not editing the podcast, but reviewing the edited podcast and approving it, finding the clips that she wanted to put on social media, you know, helping with creation of the show notes, the creation of the email, all the things. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Why are you doing all that? And she was like, well, cause I can do it the best. And I I'm laughing because I've totally been there. <laughs> I've totally been there where I'm like, can anybody really do it? Like I can. And also just like when it's your business, you want to hold control. It, it's just inevitable, right? Like I still feel that way a lot with social media. I do most of my own social media. Actually this year I've outsourced more social media than ever in terms of my real creation, but no one ever takes over my stories. That's always fully me, but the behind the scenes messages and stuff always fully me. So I think there's always going to be aspects of your business that you need to determine well in advance if they are yours to hold. And what, what's mine to hold doesn't necessarily need to be yours to hold. We have to define that for ourselves, right? But here's the thing outsourcing is a non-negotiable if you genuinely want to be a CEO of your company. And I basically said to her, like the amount of roles that you're carrying from like OBM, podcast manager, VA, that is not the CEO. I had to make some really big shifts in what I was willing to do and, and not willing to do inside my business when I ultimately wanted to be a CEO, like deciding when you think of a corporation, a company, you do not see the CEO, not in most cases, at least, micromanaging every detail, thinking that they're the only ones who can do anything right. So doing most of the work, you don't see that you see them only being called into things when they absolutely need to be called into things. In fact, a really good example of this is our home process has not been so great, <laughs> unfortunately. And so when building a new home, we moved into it and there was a lot of things that were wrong. And we've basically been climbing up the food chain, connecting with this person and then that person's boss and that person's boss. And we're still probably three rings away from the top of the food chain, this, the CEO of these, this builder, this company that we built our house with. And that's how it's supposed to be. 
right? We're not, as the CEO, we're not meant to be wildly accessible to everything and everyone. There's meant to be some leadership here. And I realized this probably about a year ago in my business of like, I have to take my hands off things. The only way I'm going to invite growth, because yeah, I've been there where like emails are being written and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like me. But how, how is it ever going to sound like me if I'm not willing to give people the opportunity to become the voice of me right now to be fully transparent? I'm not writing any of my emails and you would not know it. Like they're so good and not because they were good out the gate, but because I was willing to coach and to lead and to also allow others to coach and to lead on my team and to build an infrastructure of my behind the scenes team that it, that works. And it works for me. Honestly, what works for me probably isn't going to work for a lot of people. I personally have tried things like ClickUp and all sorts of management systems and I freaking hate them. I hate them. I'm a Google drive girl all the way. And I used to feel honestly, lots of shame around this. Like I need to be I need to be doing it on this kind of system. I need to have this. I need to do that. And it's like, I don't though, because I have so much organization and it works for me and it works for my OBM. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm happy with it. Right. But there does have to be systems. Okay. So one of the first things I really want to be speaking to you about is the concept of letting go of control. How many things are you doing inside of your business that you're primarily doing simply because you cannot let go of control? Radical responsibility here, sister. You're never going to be the CEO of anything until you can let go of control. You have to take your hands off. You have to be willing also to be patient with the time it takes for somebody to really nail that role or the time it takes to find the right person to nail that role. Because at the end of the day, if you can't let go of control, then you're not, you're not stepping into that CEO role, period, end of story. Okay, sorry for the interruption, but I've got something super, super juicy for you. Did you know that when you rate and review this podcast, you can get free access to my mini course, Focused? I'm not even kidding. Become more productive, more energized, and more focused without adding anything extra to your schedule. No extra time. Uh, who doesn't want that? All you have to do is screenshot your review and send it to me at Ash McDonald on Instagram, and I'll give you the link. It is as easy as that. So one of the things I was talking to her about that I want to talk about on this podcast as well is how, how do we support the growth of our team members in a way that creates beautiful culture and guides? Because the truth of the matter is sometimes being a, a leader, being the leader of a team can be a really sticky situation because in order to help people grow, you have to give criticism. You have to give constructive criticism. It's a non-negotiable. And I see a lot of people giving constructive criticism poorly real fucking poorly and creating really unhealthy environments. And I think the reason why, and I guess Shana could speak to this, but I think the reason why I've had the team members that I've had for as long as I've had them. In fact, I have a gal on my team. She's my podcast manager now, but she was, she kind of moved in a, several different roles from VA to like more of a community manager to all these different things. And she ended up making a shift per her own request to just strictly be the podcast. She loves this role. She wants to be in this role. Even that experience of like, she didn't want to leave my team. She wanted to make adjustments, but she actively wanted to stay here. I attest that to being comfortable and feeling solid and feeling like she could come to me and say, I feel better in this role than any other role. I think she probably knew. I mean, I'm sure there was some concern of like, what's going to happen here? 
But she probably knew I was going to support that because that's just who I am. Like, I want you to be in the perfect role for you. I want to honor the things that feel good and the things that don't feel good. So here are some things that I have done inside of my business that I think have made the really big difference. Okay. Number one is that I don't bring people on personally. Again, this is a personal experience. I actually learned this through hiring nannies. I've had a lot of nannies. So I haven't just employed inside my business. I've employed inside of my home quite a bit. So I've had a lot of nannies and I've learned that if I give people the opportunity to prove themselves and to be rewarded for proving themselves, we just end up with such a good relationship. And so when I bring people on into my world as an employee of mine in any sort, I always let them know, I'm going to start you at this rate. I want you to get to this rate but I want you to show me that it makes sense for you to get there. And this has worked really well. And so what I do is I have these specific checkpoints where everybody knows everybody involved me and the person we're going to meet at this point, And then we're going to meet at this point. And each time we're going to have conversations around what's feeling really good. What's not feeling really good, where you're needing support, where you're having questions, what you need from me. And then I'm going to bump you up and I'm going to bump you up and I'm going to bump you up. Part of the strategy behind the scenes for me is that I'm not going to start them at the highest rate because I'm then I'm kind of capped at giving them more. And that doesn't feel good for anybody, right? I want to start them and not like at a low rate, but at a rate that I know still feels good and still hits that like status quo, but also gives me opportunity to move and to surprise them and to delight them with even more. You know what I mean? Like that's important to me. Giving raises is important to me. Giving gifts is important to me. Giving bonuses. Those are all things that are really important to me. And I love honoring somebody who has honored my company, who has honored my business and treated it like something that they are also passionate about. So I also, I like to speak all this. I like to communicate, like, I will love you so well and so much in this space, but I'm also here to support you in growing. So communication is key. How you start people in the communication around like what are the the communication points, if you will, where you're going to continue having this discussion to ensure that they feel good, I think is also really important. The other thing that I love inside of my business is utilizing Loom. So being able to do videos where I am giving them feedback and I give feedback via the compliment sandwich. <laughs> so if you're a client of mine, you're probably giggling. I love the compliment sandwich. It is the best thing you can do. I don't care if it's in marriage or in people that you work with or no matter what, friendships, whatever, like the compliment sandwich is the bee's knees. And essentially what it is, is to start every conversation with something that you're really you know, a compliment, right? A compliment. And then to give the constructive criticism and then to share another compliment. So as a, for instance, if I have somebody who writes an email for me and I'm just not loving the languaging and there's some pieces in there that just aren't really good before I even start the loom, I'm going to look for two things that I love a lot, two things that really stand out to me that they did very, very well. Sometimes it's actually things that they wrote in the email, but maybe it's the timeliness of it. Maybe it's, you know, the graphic that they chose, whatever. I'm finding two things that I love. And when I start this loom, I'm going to say, first and foremost, I want you to know, I loved this. I loved how quickly you got this to me. I loved this first paragraph. It was extraordinary. I love the graphics that you chose. This was perfect, right? I'm going to choose something like that. And then I'm going to say, and this piece right here, what I'm looking more for is this, or I'm, I would love a little bit more of that, like actually guiding them, giving them actionable support, and then closing it up with, but I also want to mention, I loved this feature. This was really, really cool. What you did here. The point of this is that people get to feel supported. And that's so important when you're the leader of somebody that you're supporting them while giving them that constructive criticism and feedback in, in such a positive way. That's allowing them to grow. And through that, I have had some extraordinary people in my world extraordinary who really grow. I mean, who just turn into more than anything, just friends who are freaking killing it and really, you know, impressing me over and over and over again. And so I wanted to share that 
I wanted to share that you get to decide how you're going to build a team, but you need to decide it through the lens of being a CEO. If you have to manage everything, if you have to dictate everything, if you have to still have your hands in a lot of things, you're not thinking bigger. You need to think bigger. A lot of people will hire for things that don't already exist in their business. Like, oh, I'm going to hire because I want to be on Facebook. I want you to think smarter and I want you to hire first for the roles that you should not be doing anymore because you were the CEO above and beyond always hire for the things that can be taken off of your plate. So energetically, you can be more in the things that only you can do. I want you to think about team management, if you will, through the lens of leadership and how are you supporting your people in a way that's communicative, that is allowing them to be leaders of themselves and giving them, you know, that autonomy to do what feels good. I'm never going to micromanage somebody. I'm never going to tell somebody when they need to do anything or how they need to do it. I really, really honor people's time and how they show up, but I also am going to let them know that I'm always going to be communicative. I'm always going to tell them when something doesn't feel good for me as I want them to tell me as well, which is why we have these checkpoints, which feel really, really good. And yeah, I just wanted to have this conversation because I think A lot of people end up feeling like they're spending too much time in their business and it's fully their fault. (laughs) And I say that with so much love, but at the end of the day, when I look at the things I'm doing in my business and when people ask me, how are you only spending like 10 to 15 hours a week in your business? It's because I know how to delegate. It's because I know how to outsource. It's because I know where my time matters most. And I know how to lead others to fill the gaps and it makes the world of a difference. It truly, truly does. In fact, Even as I'm saying this, I'm like, I feel like I need to create a program around this (laughs) because I think it's so important and just like leadership and what it looks like to lead team members, what it looks like to lead an organization. And also of course, what it looks like to lead yourself. (sighs) It makes the world of a difference. I'm telling you right now, it makes the world of a difference. Anyways, see you next week or on the next episode, whenever that happens to come. (laughs) 